when our children were small, uh, as probably many of you did, uh, before we would put them down for the night, we would uh, a lot of times read them a story. They love to uh, read, they love to be read to, and so that was part of our regular routine. We do that with the grandchildren now. Um, but occasionally, instead of reading the story, the kids would say, Dad, tell us a story. Now what that meant was they didn't want me to tell a story of something that I had read and memorized. They wanted me to make something up. And so we would tell a story and each one of them would be uh, the hero of this story in some way. And they were pretty goofy and they were pretty silly and I don't remember any of them. But no matter how silly or goofy or weird those stories were, every one of them had one thing in common. Every one of those stories started with the same four words. Can you guess what they were? Once upon a time. And when I would say once upon a time, they knew that that story was going to be something totally made up. It never happened. It was a fairy tale. Well, Jesus is a storyteller. All through the Gospels, we have times where Jesus gathered people around him and he told them stories. His stories were much better than mine, but they were more important than mine. Where my stories were frivolous and, and just about uh, things that really didn't matter, Jesus told stories with a specific purpose and a specific point. See, Jesus would take everyday life situations and bring out from those everyday life situations spiritual truths to help the people to whom he was teaching understand a little bit more about who he was. These stories were called parables. And as I said a moment ago, they're, they're found recorded for us in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And although Jesus' stories were far more valuable than mine, and uh, that we did have something in common. Most of Jesus' stories started with a consistent phrase as well. But instead of that fairy tale beginning, once upon a time, making us understand that, that the stories were not true, Jesus instead has some very, very important words that he would start his stories with. And oftentimes, the parable started with these words, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. And when Jesus said those words, the kingdom of God is like, it should have caused, if it didn't, it should have caused people's ears to, to perk up just a bit. Here was going to be a message, here was going to be a truth that was so valuable that it was actually going to reveal something about who God is, about his kingdom, and more importantly for those individuals listening, about how they relate to his kingdom. In those words, the kingdom of God is like, Jesus was declaring that we could understand what it means to be a citizen of this heavenly kingdom, the eternal kingdom, while still living in the temporal earthly kingdom of our everyday existence. I'm going to give you something really early in the message this morning. I'm going to give you the take home right now. I'm going to give you the application. This is what I want you to take home with you today. Now, I'd, I'd really appreciate it if you try to stay awake through the rest. Well, some of you I know won't, but for most of you. 
Try and stay awake through the rest. But I want to give you these two points uh, that you can take home with you because I believe they are so valuable to us. When Jesus would say these words, the kingdom of God is like, when he would tell one of these parables, two things that he accomplished. It demonstrates that the promises of God that come with being part of his kingdom are available to us right now. We don't have to wait for our death or we don't have to wait for the second coming in order to enjoy what it means to be a child of God. To gain the benefit, the blessing of being a part of God's kingdom. All of those promises, when, when God says in, in Ephesians that I'm adopted, that I'm chosen, that I'm joint heirs with Jesus, when he tells me that, that I have an abundance of all of heaven's resources at my disposal, when he says that I can live in love and joy and peace and patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, when he gives us those promises, He's declaring through that phrase, the kingdom of God is like. He's declaring that I can experience the benefit of those promises right now. All of those things, apart from standing in glory with Jesus, which we will gain in our death or when Jesus returns. Everything else about being a part of the kingdom of God, every other promise is mine to grab hold of right now. What does that do for you? How does that grab a hold of your heart this morning? See, because the, the second thing that I want you to, to understand about Jesus' words, the kingdom of God is like, is this. We don't have to be at the mercy of Satan. We don't have to be at the mercy of the ruler of this world, the ruler of this kingdom. Scripture says that Satan is roaming around seeking whom he can devour. The kingdom of Satan is part of this world. Sin is part of this world. We don't have to be controlled by that. We don't have to be at the mercy of what Satan wants to throw at us. Now look at those two lessons that Jesus is teaching. Because they go hand in hand. On the one hand, we have all of the glories of what it means to be a child of God at our disposal right now. And because of that, we're protected. And we're enveloped by God. And so we don't have to be at the mercy of Satan. See, that's mine to claim. The kingdom of God is like. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like. And then he gives an example of everyday life. To teach a spiritual lesson. And in that picture, he's saying, Mike, this is yours right now. The two kingdoms, and I, I want to talk a little bit about the two kingdoms. The two kingdoms are not side by side. But we are in the protective circle of God's care while existing in this earthly kingdom. Let, let me illustrate it this way. It's not like this is the earthly kingdom, Satan's realm. And over here is God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And I on Sunday can be in this circle and maybe I can, can have some time in, in Scripture in the mornings and, and I can be in this circle. And then I've got to go to the office. Or I've got to go to the factory. Or I've got to go to school. And I, I, I'm now in this kingdom of Satan. I've got to try and somehow trudge through. That's not the picture God gives us at all. Instead, he says, we still live in this earthly kingdom. We're still a part of this earthly kingdom. We still have to function within this earthly kingdom. But every moment of every day, 
Everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we think is governed by and protected by being part of God's kingdom. We're in that inner circle. We're in that place where this world doesn't have to impact us. We're at this place where this world doesn't have to cause fear. This world doesn't have to cause worry. This world doesn't have to cause frustration. Those are all from the pit of hell. Those are all the weapons of Satan. And Jesus is declaring to us, today, right now, Mike, you can live in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like. He wants us to understand what is ours. Over the next few Sundays, we're going to be looking at these teachings of Jesus, of, of some of his parables. And we're going to be asking this question. How can I best live a life reflective of a citizen of God's kingdom while I'm still stuck in this earthly kingdom? How can I, on Monday and Tuesday, when life seems to just press in, how can I live like a child of God? How can I live like one who has everything uh, that God ever has promised about what it means to be a child of God? How can I live that way? in the midst of all of this stuff that goes on around me. It's a choice. And we have the opportunity to make the choice to live within God's kingdom. To begin that process of discovery this morning, I want us to look at what Jesus had to say about these two kingdoms. What he had to say about how we appropriate either a choice to, to be a part of the kingdom of God and protected in this world, or how sometimes we ignore that opportunity and we step away and we harden our hearts to what God wants to do. Jesus was teaching one of his parables. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 here in just a moment. And Jesus was teaching one of his parables. It's called the parable of the sower. And we're going to look at the, the entire parable on down the road. But Jesus gives this parable. And then later he comes back and he explains what all of the, the, the symbolism of the parable is. But right in the middle, between having given the, the, the story and then coming back and explaining it, the disciples do one of these. They go, Jesus, time out. Now I'm paraphrasing just a little bit. But they, Jesus, time out. Help us understand what you're up to here. Help us understand what this whole business about the parables and about the kingdom of God is all about. And so Jesus takes just a moment and he pulls his disciples aside and he gives them this instruction. Look at verse 10 of chapter 13 with me. Matthew chapter 13 verse 10 says this, The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you but not to them whoever has will be given more and he will have an abundance whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him this is why I speak to them in parables though seeing they do not see though hearing they do not hear or understand in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. 
Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Jesus said, I have purpose. He said, I've got a reason for this teaching about the kingdom. It's because I want you to see and I want you to hear. And in that hearing, I want you to understand what it means to be a child of God. What are those benefits when things aren't going well in this earthly kingdom? What are those benefits of resting in that circle of God's love and care in his kingdom? We have an inside track on the truth, if you will. By the way, I want you to notice one thing that Jesus is doing here. He's not just teaching the disciples. He's not just sitting down and, and giving them a verbal lesson. Instead, he's including them in the process. He's saying, we're going to discover this kingdom business. We're going to discover what it means to, to live in that peace and that joy and that comfort of being a part of the kingdom of God. We're going to discover that as we go. We're going to discover it together. And in a very real sense, he's inviting us to do the same. Not just to hear words. Not just to... to, to understand the meaning of what he said but to incorporate it so that my life on Monday morning can be different so that my joy on Tuesday and Wednesday can be complete as I live within the context of God's kingdom being a part of God's kingdom while living in this earthly kingdom begins with understanding the difference let's walk through that this morning what did Jesus say my prayer for us, not only this morning, but over these next few weeks as, as we unpack some of these parables and unpack some of the truth of what God wants us to understand through His Son, Jesus. My hope is that we learn to live more capably in the kingdom of God by gaining a more complete understanding of the kingdom through the teaching of Jesus. People in this new year, as we have a chance to, to turn the page, as we have a chance to, to look at our lives and evaluate and, and rethink what it means to be a part of God's kingdom. It's my prayer for Murray Church. It's my prayer for myself, each one of you, that we put aside those things that Satan uses so often to discourage. And we put aside those things that, that Satan so often uses to try and defeat us and cause us pain. And we grab hold as tight as we can to what it means to live in the kingdom of God. Let's unpack that this morning. God's kingdom, first of all, is revealed to those who seek it. God's kingdom is revealed to those who seek it. Look at verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Jesus is simply declaring 
that he's using parables to cause the listener to have to make a decision about the kingdom of God. He uses parables to bring the message down to an understandable point where people have to make a decision on what they're going to do with his words. He's shown from the beginning of his ministry that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. With the coming of Jesus, people can now see God in a practical way. We've just gone through a celebration of the coming of Jesus to earth, his first advent. And in that, we understand the name Emmanuel, God with us. When I was 18 years old, my youth pastor's wife, her name was Lorraine. Jerry and Lorraine Sims were our youth pastors at Faith Missionary Church in Flint. And Lorraine had, had for whatever reason, ever since they had been at the church, tried to fix me up with different girls in the youth group. I think she felt sorry for me. I didn't think I would handle that uh, particular task well on my own. So she was matchmaker. Well, she had gone through all the girls in the youth group and failed. So she began to talk to me about this girl that she worked with. And this girl that she worked with, she said, was, was uh, a pretty girl. She had long brown hair and, and just uh, a beautiful smile and, and just loved to laugh. And over the weeks, Lorraine just kept telling me all about this young lady that she thought that, that I should meet. And finally, I, I gave in. Well, actually, I got up the courage and got brave enough to say, okay, let's do this. And, and so Lorraine set up for us a blind date. And I brought with me to that blind date everything that she had told me about this young lady. And my expectation was high. When the day of our date finally arrived and I picked her up, I realized within seconds that all of the descriptions Lorraine had given me were not even close to describing the young woman that stood in front of me. Being with her, seeing her, hearing that laughter allowed me over those next few weeks to realize that she was someone that I could spend the rest of my life with. Now that's a picture of what Jesus is trying to portray here. You see, all of the Old Testament, every word of the Old Testament from Genesis 1 to the end of the prophets, all of the law, all of the history, all of the poetry, all of the, the, the prophecies pointed to one thing. Everything pointed to this man, Jesus. And as people read through the Old Testament and they began to, to gain an expectation and they began to, to gain an excitement about the coming of the Messiah and they began to, to get a feel for what this was going to be like. But absolutely nothing could compare to that moment when Jesus left the glories of heaven and entered our existence, God with us. At that moment when he revealed himself. At that moment when we could actually see and touch and hear God. Everything that the Old Testament, everything that, that the prophets and, and the writers of the law and the writers of the poetry and the writers of the history had tried to communicate all came together at that moment with that aha, that's someone I could spend eternity with. 
Jesus said, I want you to understand. I want your eyes to see. I want your ears to hear. The kingdom of God has arrived. The kingdom of God is among you. You now have the opportunity, people. Not just the disciples of the first century, but you and I, we have the opportunity to understand the fullness of everything that God intended for us to enjoy. We live in his kingdom. The revelation of the kingdom of God through Jesus, as wonderful as it is, will someday come to that culmination when we stand before him in glory. But in the meantime, Jesus is declaring that we don't have to wait for that experience. We don't have to wait for the end of, of our lives or the end of the time before Jesus comes. We don't have to wait for that to be able to experience the wonder and the awe and the glory of what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. The mystery... The mystery and all that. He talks in this passage about a mystery. The mystery is not that God would establish his kingdom through a Messiah. That was made clear through every word of the Old Testament. But his arrival, his coming to earth to be with us was different than what was anticipated. And so now we have to, to evaluate. Now we have to think this through. On the one hand, the parables reveal to the disciples how the kingdom of God will operate in this world while we remain here. With Jesus in our lives, what does it look like to live in the kingdom? On the other hand, this amazing truth is being hidden from those who choose to harden their hearts, to choose not to accept it. Jesus is declaring in these very few words, something very, very important to us. Verse 13 kind of sums it up. Verse 13 says this, This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Our English translation doesn't give us the full picture of what Jesus is trying to communicate here. Because in, in the words of Jesus, the truth of the kingdom of God is made clear. It's made available is what he's teaching us here. And through the parables, it's being revealed in a manner that connects with our everyday experiences. And when he said there are those that don't see and those that don't hear, what he's saying is they choose not to. Everyone is given this wonder, this awe, this understanding of what it means to be a part of the kingdom. And there are those who choose to say no. For those of us who say yes, He's provided everything that we could ever ask or imagine. Choosing to accept that message, choosing to live in its truth allows us to live in the heavenly kingdom, in the kingdom of God right now. He goes on to define this more clearly when he teaches God's kingdom is closed to those who reject it. God's kingdom is closed to those who reject it. Look at verse 14 with me. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. 
Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Jesus is reminding us that this rejection of God's truth is not a new phenomenon. He quotes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. I mentioned this earlier, but I really, really want us to grasp this truth this morning. I want to make very, very sure that we understand that the message of the Old Testament, everything that God gave us through uh, the Old Testament was meant to direct us toward Jesus, to give us a hunger for Jesus. The law was so that we would understand our depravity, so that we would seek redemption and forgiveness of that sin. The prophecies pointed us to that one that God would send to be the deliverer. But men rejected. Men turned their back. Men said, no thank you to what God had to offer in his kingdom. Because of man's sin nature, he rejects what God has made so clearly available. God's a patient God. God's a loving God. God desires, Scripture teaches us very clearly, it's God's desire that none should perish. But there's a point Jesus is revealing to us there's a point where men allow their hearts to become so hard. That callous, you know, when, when you work real hard and, and you get that callous in your hand and, and it's harder and it's, it's firmer than everything else and it's rougher than everything else on your skin. Jesus talks about a calloused heart. That we say, no, 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 I, I, I would rather hang on to the pain of this life. I'd rather try to just trudge through on my own than to submit to the God of glory, than to submit to Jesus and accept the gift of living in his kingdom. And men say no to the point where God can no longer get through. Not because of his lack of interest, not because of his lack of love, but because they've shut the door tightly. See, God does not force himself on anyone. God's grace is free. It's available. It's open. It's out there. He wants everyone to grab hold of that grace. He did more than we could ever imagine to make that grace available by sending his son Jesus to die. God did his part. But because man has a free will... With his heart breaking, God accepts man's choice to reject his offer. Jesus reveals to his disciples his willingness to continue offering the kingdom of God to whomever will receive it. But he does it with a clear knowledge that some will say no. Listen, the warning to the disciples and the warning to you and me is clear. He's saying, guard your own hearts. Guard your own hearts. Make sure your ears stay open. Make sure your eyes stay open. It's through those that you will gain understanding of what God is trying to do in your life through Jesus Christ. This earthly kingdom is ruled by Satan. And it continues to encroach on the grace of God. 
If we're unable to keep a clear line between what it means to live in the kingdom of God and what it means to try to trudge through in this earthly kingdom, if we can't keep those lines clear, Jesus is warning us that our hearts too could become calloused. That we too could become tainted. That we too could be those that no longer hear and no longer see. It's man's desire to live his own way. It always has been. To live in this earthly kingdom ruled by Satan that keeps him from accepting the grace of God. It's called selfishness. See, it doesn't really make sense when you sit here on a Sunday morning. Why would anyone want to live uh, with fear? Why would anyone want to live with worry? Why would anyone want to live with the frustrations of the disappointments of this life? We hang on to those because we think that those are what should come to us. That's the lie of Satan. When Jesus said, I want you to live in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and self-control. I want you to live as one who is joint heirs with Jesus. I want you to live as one that, that's adopted by the God of the universe. I want you to live as one who is so loved by that God that he sacrificed his only son, Mike, just so you could have relationship with me. To me, the choice is clear. To me, it, it, it's, it's unavoidable. But Jesus warns there's those who will choose this earthly kingdom. There are those who will choose to reject the love of Christ. I love how he ends that passage. Verse 15, let me read that for you again. It won't be on your screen, just listen. For the people's hearts, heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with the ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Jesus said, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Those of you that, that have made a decision to follow Jesus, but yet still hang on to the kingdom of this earth, Still allow Satan to, to, to cause you that pain of worry. Still allow Satan to cause you the frustration and the fear. Jesus said, just release that and I will give you peace. For those of you that have just rejected Jesus altogether and said, you know what, this kingdom is good enough for me. I don't want the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, just turn that decision around. Just understand the glory and the wonder and the awe of what God has done to bring you salvation. Just say yes to that. And in that moment, he said, I will heal you. I will bring you peace. The benefit of receiving the kingdom. The benefit of having that receptive heart is clear. God's kingdom is a blessing to those who receive it. Look at verse 16 with me. Blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it. 
and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Jesus affirms the power of our decision to live today in his kingdom. He said, when you choose to do that, you're the recipients of true life. See, the disciples understood what Jesus was affirming. Why would someone not be able to hear? What's a reason someone would not be able to see? The most obvious reason that someone could not hear or someone could not see is if they're no longer alive. He's describing a person who is dead. Dead, as scripture says, in their transgressions, dead in their, in their sin. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have that life to the full. See, this, this separation of those living in the kingdom of this world and those choosing to live in the kingdom of God is not something that Jesus is designating. He's making the kingdom available to all. Jesus confirms that the disciples and those of us who follow them in choosing to live in God's kingdom are even more blessed than the prophets and righteous men of old. The reason is simple. We now have the advantage of Jesus, God with us. See, in the Old Testament, as the prophets wrote those words about one coming, about a Messiah who would come to take away the sins of the world, about one who would die on a tree, about one who would be resurrected on the third day. When they wrote those words, they longed to know that Savior. And by faith in that one yet to come, God gave them redemption, but they didn't have the experience. They didn't have the understanding that you and I have of having God with us of having Jesus reveal the glory and the wonder and the awe of who God is right among us. You and I have been given a privilege that the prophets of old never understood. You and I have been given something that, that men from ages past, even though they knew that it was coming, never had the opportunity to enjoy. But see, God went a step further. Because in that moment when I say yes to Jesus, in that moment when I put away the, the sins of this world, when I say no thank you to the pain and the frustration that the, the ruler of this world wants me to experience, when I put that aside and say, I'm going to live within the kingdom of God right now. When I say yes to that, when I make that decision, God does something amazing. Not only do I have God with us in the person of Jesus, but scripture says at that moment, I now have God in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. In that moment, I am indwelt by God's Spirit. God's kingdom, listen, God's kingdom now is in me. So that raises a question. If I am a believer... If I am a follower of Christ, if I am one who has given my life over to allow God's control, and I'm living with God's kingdom in me, how can I allow this world to defeat me? How can I allow this earthly kingdom to, to ever defeat me? 
How can I live in pain? How can I live with worry? How can I live in that frustration? How can I live in fear? It's impossible. The kingdom of God is now. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like. God's desire is that all would accept his call to be a part of his kingdom right now. We don't have to wait until eternity to gain the benefits of citizenship within the kingdom of God. But we can't have it both ways. We can't have it both ways. A choice to hang on to the perceived benefits of this earthly kingdom stops us from being free to grasp all that God has for us in his heavenly kingdom. See, and, and hanging on to those wrong choices leads, Jesus said, to a hard heart. Leads to that place of callous. Leads to that place where Jesus is no longer able to get through. God's desire for us through that redemption offered by Jesus is that we let go of the kingdom of this world with its temporary fulfillments and we grab hold of all that God desires. And we grab hold of everything that he has to offer. I'll say it again. My prayer for us as the body of Christ. My prayer for, for Murray Missionary Church, for those of us who have chosen to worship together, I pray that this would be a year that we grab hold of that truth. This would be a year that we let go of everything that Satan is trying to do to defeat us. We have that choice. We can live within God's kingdom. Will you stand with me? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me, if you would, just for a moment. Father God, I just ask right now that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would take my effort, Lord, as, as human as it was, and that you would translate those words through the power of your Spirit into the lives and the hearts of each one here today. Father, I pray that you would make this truth very, very clear. Lord, my fear is that there are those today who are discouraged because Satan is discouraging them. Lord, I, I'm concerned that there are those today who are worrying. Lord, I believe that there, there may be some here today who are living in fear of what this life is doing to them. I pray against that, Father. I pray that right now, through the power of your Spirit, you will reveal to them, Lord, through a choice of their own, how they can let that go and just live within the Spirit's kingdom and live in that place of love and joy and peace. Lord, and as Satan throws these things at us, that we can just say, no, thank you. And that we can keep our eyes and our focus on what it means to be bought with the price of the blood of Jesus. I just believe that, that there may be some of you today 
who said, yes, I want Jesus to be a part of me. I, I want to live and, and be a part of his kingdom, but yet Satan has, has somehow gotten a foothold. And he somehow uh, allowed fear, and he somehow allowed uh, the, the stresses of this life to overwhelm and to, to grab hold of your heart and to take away some of the benefit and some of the, the joy of what it means to live in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said to the disciples, if you'll just choose to turn from that, if you choose to let that go, I will heal you. If that defines you this morning, I'm just going to ask you to pray a simple prayer. Pray it in your heart just quietly after me. Father, forgive me for allowing this kingdom of this earth to hold on to my life. Father, forgive me for allowing Satan to have that little corner of control. Father, allow me to live within the joy and the protection and the care of your kingdom every moment of every day. If you've prayed that prayer with a sincere heart, Jesus promised you from his word this morning that he will bring you healing. If that's you this morning, if you've prayed that prayer and you just say, Pastor Mike, I'd like you to be praying with me and support me in that, would you just lift your hand where you're at? Thank you, thank you, yes. Thank you, Father, thank you. Any others? Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any others? <laughs> Father, you've done it again. Uh, you've allowed us to be victorious through your Spirit. Lord, there are men and women right now who are going to walk out of this room in victory because of the power of your Spirit. And for that, I just say amen. Father, I pray right now a hedge of protection. Satan's not happy with what's happened here this morning. And he's going to chisel away at that decision. He's going to, to try to bring back that fear and try to bring back that pain and frustration. And Father, I pray against that today. I pray that you would build that hedge of protection around these dear hearts, Lord, that we can experience your kingdom and live in that kingdom in a way that brings you glory. Father, thank you for what you've accomplished this morning. Send us from this place excited, ready to do your will. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.